Hi everyone, I'm Mike Novogratz and this is Next with Nova. Welcome everybody. It's yet another episode of Next with Novo, and I'm here with the great Kenny Shackner. Uh, I literally met Kenny when I had hair. That's how long ago it was. <laughs> uh, he hasn't changed a bit. He's actually better looking than he used to be. Bless uh, you. Okay, I can leave now. He can leave now. So Kenny, first of all, welcome. Kenny is a an art man, but he's now become an NFT aficionado uh, and expert. But we're going to first start. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Grew up where... How'd you get here? To Grand Street. To Grand Street. You grew up where? I grew up in Long Island in the suburbs, and I was overweight, and I had a speech impediment until I was around 15. So I had a very isolated childhood that wasn't the best, but contributed to making me the horror I am today. And uh, infused me with this enthusiasm and passion for the things that drive me. So I don't complain about anything that's happened, good or bad, but it all def we're defined by our previous experiences. So I studied philosophy and political science, and I just had no, all I knew is what I didn't want to do. I didn't want the routine of a, of, a, of, of a job that would repeat itself ad infinitum. I didn't want to spend my life looking forward to something other than what, what it was I loved, but I had no idea. So I went to, I studied with philosophy. I wasn't going to teach high school. That would have been a terror for all the kids. So I, uh, although I've been teaching now for 30 years, uh, now art and economics and NFTism at NYU and University of Zurich, studied philosophy, went to law school. And I feel the same way about lawyers as most people do. It was, <laughs> it was never my interest to pursue that, um, that area. So three quarters into the first year, I quit going to school and I started working. I told everyone, my employers and my family that I was in night school, there was no night school. And not that I would have had better results if I was sitting through class, but I chose not to. Worked in the floor of the stock exchange. I was casting around for, I just knew what I, like I said, I defined my whole mentality in the negative in the sense that I was just really, I wanted to not capitulate and not compromise and find something that I, I mean, even like Warren Buffett said, like find what you would do for free. That's the path to success. And I love my work so much. Like the, the thought of like a holiday for two weeks on the beach you know, without a great wireless, I'd rather, you know, I wouldn't rather, I'd rather <laughs> not. So anyway, I did. So I worked in the fashion business. You wouldn't know it. Thankfully, this is a podcast, so you can't see my vintage polyester track pants. And um, uh, I did a load of different things. And until I stumbled into Andy Warhol's estate sale, and it's funny because I just gave a talk at Sotheby's before the kind of disastrous uh, crypto punk auction, auction. non-event last week. I was on stage beforehand, and then all the punks blamed me for the fact that the sailing <laughs> I was trolled for a good 24 hours for a change. Now we have trolls in the art world, trolls in the tech world. But anyway, so, um, yeah, I just sort of, um, I just found, I just waited. So I went to Sotheby's, and I was saying, like, I didn't like Warhol when I first saw it. I thought it was mechanical, clinical, just some guy or his assistants pulling silk screens and it wasn't very physical or, you know, tactile process. And I said the same thing when I first saw the punks. I'm like, are you fucking joking? Like, that's the sensation of NFTs. And then I, of course, I realized, like, first of all, I've succumbed myself and created a 10,000 PFP project called Crypto Mutts. But none of this would have existed had they not created a new cultural 
output of like it's in between fine art or collectibles it's really something unto itself yeah. it will be defined throughout history as many different things it gives me chills just to think about it but those guys never identified as artists they were just doing their thing which is beautiful and that's what i do so i just threw there i fell into art started making art 30 years ago i was making digital videos 30 years ago giant computer prints all of these things and i just for me i'm not i can't get my phone to work or my printer to print. But I love technology because for me, technology is culture, it's life, it's our life. We're so defined by the, the avenues that culture takes us. So you, you, you see the Warhol thing, you decide you're gonna, you're gonna be both an artist and you became an art collector, an art connoisseur, an art writer. Uh, you ha how did that journey happen? Well, I never, I was so naive, I call myself idiot, idiot savant, because I'm not the brightest bulb, but I love my work. So I'm dedicated. And that's a great lesson for people like, you know, just persevere and never take no for an answer because no one is ever, it's so hard to even find encouragement from people. And that's why I love to teach and help inspire people because there's so few people. I mean, it gives me so much joy and satisfaction. But anyway, as soon as I found out, I went to the Warhol sale. Sotheby's was, was gearing up for contemporary art sale. They just had a sale today. They sold a Renee Magritte for 70, $80 million today. And they sold at Christie's a World of Women NFT. And they sold a lost, uh, what's it called? The lost nudes of uh, uh, another NFT in the evening sales of auctions uh, in London for a million dollars. So it's an extraordinary time we're in, and it's really uh, to see so much change underfoot in such so a condensed fast. period. So fast. I mean, I always say it's like dog years. One year in tech is ten years in real life. That's the way. But anyway, I, I, I so, want to stay the early days. Your first. Yeah. Your first. So I mean, I, I okay. So I, I, I had no idea that you could own art, that you could collect art. I was so stupid. I thought like artist makes art, art goes to museum. End of equation. I went to museums when I was in university. Shitty. Um, not a great academic school. I wasn't terribly academic minded. Went to museums to procrastinate. That was the, never went to galleries. Didn't know galleries existed. So when I saw Sotheby's, they were gearing up for an auction. It was like it was epiphany. Like I was I was blown away. And then I, I saw an ad in the New York Times for an exhibition of some German art. So I taught myself. I studied German philosophy, and I started to teach myself. Or I, I somehow became aware of German art through the museum. I went to rocked up at J.P. Morgan and asked them for a loan to buy some art. The guy turned his head sideways like a schnauzer, and he thought <laughs> I was mad. Of course, he said no flat out. I had the manager of the law firm I was working at part time. I, I miraculously passed the bar exam. Lawyer called the bank. I got my money, and then I was like dealer to dealer, dealer. So I'm, I couldn't sell drugs to a drug addict, but I love art and I love to possess it, own it, what was your think first about piece? it. Cy Twombly uh, work on paper. Wow. Yeah, idiot savant. You started well. And then I started dealing to, uh, see, so I became a dealer and a curator, not because, I mean, I, I'm not a very good dealer, I, but it was the only way for me to position myself to have a life within the arts. No one would take me seriously as a curator. No one would take me seriously as an artist. They still don't, unfortunately, but I'm, I'm done through <laughs> One NFT. day, we no, all have our moment. I tell you, it's happened last year through NFTs, have redefined not only my life, but so many other people's lives. And you know, you hear so much crap, I'm going off piece, yes. But like so much negativity in the world about, <clears throat> about crypto, about NFTs, about everyone's, always looking at the negative things. There's nothing wrong with crypto. It's people that are fucked up. There's a bell's curve of integrity and morality. We're the problem. There's nothing wrong with blockchain. Blockchain is extraordinary. 
you know, you're, you're, you're preaching to the converted here. No I, doubt yeah, about I know. that. No doubt about it. So, so you started buying and selling and collecting. What's your favorite piece you, in your first 10 years that you bought? You still have it? Are you flipping all the time? I don't flip all the time. I mean, three warehouses <clears throat> will attest to that. Every year I have a sale at Sotheby's called the Hoarder Sale. It's not like taking the piss out of myself, out of art collectors. I mean, we're like squirrels. Squirrel, it's a human um, characteristic to like, people say, why do you want to own a JPEG? Anyone could copy it. Anyone could copy a photograph by Ansel Adams or Cindy Sherman or, or Richard Prince. Everything is, I could send a, a, a JPEG of a Van Gogh to China and get a perfect rendition of it in on oil on canvas. I People are like squirrels. They like to squirrel it away and collect art. So uh, I always say like, you know, in a way, I just like to be surrounded by works. So I don't get particularly, a, in a way I call myself like a materialistic, but aesthetic. So I don't get stuck on things per se, as long as I'm surrounded aplenty by them. Got it, got it, got it. Um, you know, I've been in a, your, a couple of your houses and they, you got a lot of art. I love I it. I mean, it's been, since it came off the wall of the cave in ancient times, it's been coveted by people and it's incredible. Like, I remember the recession in America from 1990 to 1995, six. It was extraordinary. And like artists came out of the woodwork and did fantastic projects. 2008, the so-called like Great Recession. Two years later, the art market was on all cylinders. On fire. It's so resilient. That's that distinguishes us as a species. This desire to express ourselves and communicate, and that's for me what art is all about. You know, I, I I called the top of the art market a few times, and then I was like. Okay, I have to admit, I was just dead wrong. I'm now buying. And then I started buying art, and now I love it as well. I was very late to the party, I have to admit. But you I was early to the NFT world. Yeah. Uh, partly, I was talking about NFTs in 2013 and 2014, in theory, not That's in amazing. practice. That I was like, hey, we have this new technology that is about digital scarcity. And if you have digital scarcity, artists will actually have the courage to use their talents to produce digitally because people will know it's oh, theirs. Amazing. You should have started to make some art. With I should have started to make some art. Uh, and now we have it blowing up, blowing there's up generative art. There's Pia, you know, uh, avatar art there. There's all kinds of art. How did you get in the NFT space and what, 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 what triggered you? And then what really accelerated your, your journey? Well, I mean, like I said, I had, when I was in law school, I had an IBM desktop there were no laptops i feel like my grandfather when i was young hamburgers were five cents i remember when computers only came for your <laughs> desk and they had a floppy disk on them and i just got the computer and i took a thousand pages of notes to study for the bar and type them to just <laughs> familiarize myself with word processing change the way we write in the same way jpegs and photoshop change the way we think about visual images so when i was holed away in my room locked up as a child alienated miserable nearly catatonic i would collect magazines cut out pictures and then collage them onto my wall and i've been doing the same thing ever since with visual imagery using any means at my disposal like what you said you just nailed it like even in if you look at the history of digital art i mean generative art like you mentioned started in the 50s and 60s with generative photography artists like vera molnar and herbert franca and then like um 
using all of these different tools, which is what an NFT is. It's a tool. So um, there was there was blockchain art before NFTs in 2014, like Kevin Abash and Ray Myers. There's a whole history of of Kevin McCoy of of artists that artists are scavengers. They they take every they suck everything in around them and regurgitate it into their um, analytic approach to what they see. And, and so anyway. Um, yeah, I just, I found out about NFTs a year and a half ago, but I've been making them my entire life. Got it. So because no one in the art world would ever take me seriously as an artist, I mean, I've been, I clawed my way painstakingly to where I am sitting with you, which is pretty extraordinary. You you have a cameo in uh, Kanye's uh, <laughs> yes, part I three tonight. Part three. I just caught a little wee glimpse of it. That's pretty <laughs> fucking cool. Congratulations. That's epic. That's amazing. Anyway, so... Um, I, someone mentioned those three magical letters to me a year and a half ago, and I just immediately cottoned on to it. And I wrote about it. I wrote about it in the art newspaper, and I started dropping with Nifty Gateway when the chief financial officer, Tommy Kimmelman, was also the curator, quote unquote, because they, they didn't even know what art was, basically, and they right. were just looking for material. And I, only, I made four grand the first drop, and I was so great. I get, again, like the hair stands up on my arm, like talking to you. I'm so honored to be here and grateful. Thank you very much. And like, I just, I love people that are self-wrought, self-accomplished people that have followed their dreams and done extraordinary things. And when I found out about NFTs, when I made four grand, it wasn't terribly much, but it was money that I never, it never would have happened to me because the art world would never accept me because I'm self-taught. I had to, I invented my own platform, my own uh, mechanism to express myself with my art. So I was writing, like I said, for 30 years. And then I started to embed my my digital videos into my articles. So I started illustrating my writing. And I had a one-person show with the best people in the world, like Dan Loeb from Third Point and uh, Len Blavatnik and all of these killer people because they wanted to know what was happening in the art world. And I'm the only one who couldn't give a shit about all of these things. But dead i mean i don't take myself seriously yet i'm dead serious about what i do and i've been in the art world for so long so i was revealing all of the machinations in the art market and i would travel to art fairs and auctions across the world and then make videos about it while i was revealing who bought the jeff coons bunny that the prince of saudi arabia was hiding his leonardo da vinci on his <laughs> yacht i broke that story translated into 50 languages and then when i found out about nfts like i said i i wrote about it i made them and like this the 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 first article i wrote i've now written 12 features given lectures at harvard law school yale art institute of chicago i mean it's pretty cool to think that I've what's never kind of taken really, an art class in my life. What's really interesting is with crypto, it just punches way above its weight in terms of interest. So like I'll go to a conference and there'll be 10 great speakers and I'll be the crypto speaker and the crypto panel will get all the energy because right now people just care about crypto, or, you know, and, and it's the same with NFTs. NFTs is getting so much energy, interest, relative to normal art even. Yes. Uh, even 100%. though it's still a small, small part. No, hundred. You know. No, you kidding. I mean, it's going to so, eclipse, so it's gonna is, eclipse the fine art market in two years. It, 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 I, two years maybe, but it, it will. But it's interesting. You're in this moment. And so you jumped on it really quick. I jumped on it. And then I, and then like, so my, when I was writing my first NFT article for Artnet, which is where I generally write, when I was editing my article that night, I had had my second drop on Nifty Gateway. My expectations in life are always around the bottom. I just safer that way. And uh, and as I was editing, I started to get this flood of emails that were evidencing sales on Nifty Gateway. And I ended up to have this a great success, you know, 
uh, sold like a quarter of a million dollars worth the second time. And that came again, like I was so surprised because I never, I wasn't on Discord then. I didn't, I, I don't sell myself. I mean, I, I express myself and I love, love, love to help other people. But what you said is such a perfect encapsulation of where we are right now. Every time I did something in Basel, Switzerland and in Basel, Miami with NFTs, every time I start the conversation, people start to congregate around you. you I mean, this doesn't go to my head. I'm bad enough as it is. <laughs> just but like, just it's crazy. Like, because people want to learn. They're, they're curious. Yes. The reason the art world has pushed back so hard is because humans, human nature is like one of the characteristics, a defense mechanism is to be scared of change. People are scared. People are threatened in the art world. Larry Gagosi, and I've spoken to him now for almost a year. Like, come on, Larry G, like, let me do a show with NFTs. It'll, you'll love it. It'll be a great success. And that's happening happening incrementally but that's why Sotheby's and Christie's and all the independent platforms uh super rare nifty gateway foundation uh known origin makers place they've jumped into the void and they become these like A huge you know, businesses huge businesses right. even like Sotheby's and Christie's have become primary market makers in the nfts because the galleries are too chicken That'll change. We were 100%. literally just looking at. Be Apparently, Beeple has a show here. Yeah, in going New to York. the dinner tomorrow. Are you? Yeah. Actually, I'm flying to LA. Or I, I would as well. I love Beeple. He's just hysterical. Yeah. Uh, I met him right after he sold that. You know, five thousand. Pretty wacky, days. like down to earth. He from Wisconsin. He laughs like talks like. Yeah. I mean, he's so Wisconsin. But you know, and that's the that success. It's great to see success come to people that just. I mean, what I, I, I wasn't nuts about his work either, for that right. matter. But he did his stuff every day for five years or whatever it was. Five thousand more, days. Or, yeah. Right. And the fact is that nothing impeded him in the art world because he was he was a successful like a graphic designer. Right. So the art world would dismiss him. That's a reason they dismissed me because I was a dealer and a curator and a writer and a teacher. So they're like, you can't be an artist. I mean, one of know, the most amazing conversations we had, we actually had her on a podcast, uh, People Pleaser. Uh, the Dow. What? She uh, she was talking about, uh, she was talking to a bunch of very wealthy art collectors at Larry's house, actually. I We crashed one of his parties. <laughs> and she said, what's unique about the NFT space is our community cares about our art. And with all due respect, we don't need you. Uh, and, you know, because they're supporting art and they've made lots of money in crypto and they're young and this is what they care about. Just like your community is supported your art and you know she did it very gracefully and, and with with manners right afterwards all the the big collectors were lining up to get her car <laughs> yeah of course <laughs> I, was like, I mean it's funny it's like emily Chang, lover my community didn't i mean the art the fine art community didn't help no. me at all at rejected all. me not in, and what i love about like the nft community doesn't judge they like people that are mavericks that are outside the yeah. norm and Based on that alone, like without even like now I'm in the discord because I did a PFP project. I have to go every day and answer to these people. But like, uh, I love it. It's really fun. And like Bowie said, like the Internet, like conflated, destroyed the, the space between the artist and the creator and the audience. It's an amazing time. We're in a major transformation in the so world. So what's interesting to me is like this technology, this platform has allowed artists to, to earn a living as long as they have five, 600 people around the world that care about them. You need but, to nurture an audience. But you need That's to nurture normal. an audience. Course, you need to create a community. You need to continue to put energy into the community. And so we've got platforms like Artblocks, which does generative art, and you know Dmitry Cherniak and, and, and Snowfro and his, his, that crew 
really works hard to curate and keep energy in that space. You've got the avatars, you know, the apes, punks, yep. you, you name them. The, the giant space of other creative art, other fine art in the digital space, it's, it's a mess in some ways. How do you see that playing out over time? Will there be galleries just like there are in the, in the, in the physical world? Because there's so much to look at and some of the shit's wildly cool. Yes. And it's I mean, hard that's to a great, That's a really fantastic question that I think about 24 hours a day. And well, there's one aside, like on Sunday morning, I was sitting in my house and I saw that uh, the president of Ukraine made, was, was, was reaching out to people uh, to donate to help his cause. Yeah. And he, and he mentioned uh, a Bitcoin and an Ethereum. By the way, the reason that NFTs have been going crazy, all you crypto guys created two to $3 trillion of wealth and you had nothing to spend it on. You couldn't do anything with your money. So all of a sudden, <laughs> a bunch of apes, well, I, I hippos, tell, and punks come out, and you're like, woo! I tell people all the and time. And there's a, a gold rush of... <laughs> I, I have... Bye, bye, You know, I've been in the markets 35 years, and in my whole life, I've never seen anything not priced in dollars. When you ask a, a wealthy yep. Mideasterner what he's worth, he tells you in dollars, right? We, we, we function in dollars, or, or if it's Euros, Europe Euros, NFTs are the first thing that trade in a low, in a different currency. People Amazing. trade them in ETH. That's a great point. Right? Bitcoin's not used. I'm going to have to steal that and use that in my next essay. Ether has become the currency of culture. Like Bitcoin is just digital gold. No one's buying tennis shoes with Bitcoin. We'll preserve our wealth with Bitcoin. But people are actually buying shit with Ethereum. They're buying NFTs. Yeah. I think one of the, you just pointed out to something really interesting that was completely dispelled with this last crisis with Russia is that People refer to Bitcoin as a store of wealth equated to gold, but you could see during this crisis, like Bitcoin is something different. It's yeah. sort of looking for its utility and it's a little bit in the air. And Ethereum was a practical application to all of the kind of, to all of this theory of, <sighs> of, of you know, decentralized system, alternative well, to government so control. So I, I always thought of Ethereum as a tech bet. And, and people still in no way it. I'd never think of it like that it but it really is now become the currency of culture it's really it's shocking. funny because I I was I have to say with all due respect to you and your enormous enormous success I was a Bitcoin skeptic a cynic because I couldn't care less all I care about art has given meaning to my life it's I mean there are clinical studies that living with art helps reduce anxiety and blood pressure makes you live longer and all this stuff so bitcoin to me was just like i didn't really give a rat's ass about it i'm laughing i got this huddle i got this huddle piece of art there was a an auction in 2017 right when crypto was heating up uh, and my friend joe lubin has this company consensus I so i was trying to be a metamask and palm Yo, he, he, and now, on, now, and now on. joe lubin is gonna fucking buy new york city um but at that point i was trying to support and there was a there was an art auction and there was a really cool crypto kitty and it was a physical version of the, the crypto kitty nft and i bid and there was a guy bidding against me on the phone and i'm sitting there with richard kim who i just hired uh who's become an unbelievable force in the nft space mostly in the generative side uh and he's hit me he said dude you don't want to spend that much you're like you're gonna be in the newspaper like it'll like <laughs> so i stopped bidding at one hundred and ten thousand. Uh, it was for charity, yeah. and some some other guy bids uh, wins. It uh, he came up to me the next day at at another crypto conference, and he told me who he was, and he was very excited. And we took pictures, and 
he was so proud he outbid me, but he thought <laughs> he was a big heavy set guy. And he said, you know, I think if you saw me, you wouldn't want to lose to a fat guy. So that's why I did it on the phone. And I was like, <laughs> trust me. I was, the weight You're had nothing to do with it. speaking to a fat guy now who knows how to drape fabric well. <laughs> the weight had nothing to do with it. But I had to buy something, so I bought this hot. Cool. That was my consolation like prize. It was funny. I made so many mistakes with my metadata on my PFP project. I did an exhibition that's up now in Berlin called Metadata, making fun of the whole data music. <laughs> Because I just screwed up so much, and that's the same way. But back to you, like, from when I found out about NFTs, I had no idea what Ethereum was. I always say, like, now the ETH is in the ether. The genie is out of the bottle, and, like, you can't stuff it back in. If the whole, if there was a crash in crypto beyond what we've seen, this mechanism for selling digital art, and, you know, the, I'll skip, I'll jump around, but I know where I'm going. So, like, the, the auction record for a video is $700,000, Bill Viola. The auction record for like a photograph is $4.3 million, soon about to be smashed by a Man Ray coming up with a five to seven million pound estimate. And then like there's a filmmaker in the UK, Steve McQueen, uh, not the Steve McQueen actor, and he's Oscar winning. He made um, 12 Years a Slave as a director and a filmmaker. And his auction record, he's one of the most celebrated Turner Prize winning artists in the world is $32,000. And it's just, it's complete bullshit. Like we are every day where like defined by our relationships with our phone, with our computer, especially during the tragedy of COVID when that was the only window in our lives to look into was our screen. I mean, it's ridiculous that so anyway, when I found back the Ethereum and all, that was like the first, the practical application in my life was I could nurture and develop, I could, it recreated me. I was reborn in my late, late 50s as an artist. And I sold my PFPs with no promotion in less, in an hour, 9,000 NFTs. And I've sold another 650 with Nifty Gateway. I have another drop coming with them. And it's amazing thing, you know, I'm not young and I've, I've onboarded well over, you know, a thousand people through my lectures and my writing and stuff. And it's awesome. But like right now, back to your question, which I remark spirit. remarkably didn't forget the, the collectible market is more than 70% of NFT sales and fine art as we would think about it is less than 10%. Right. So as far as I'm concerned with all the Art Blocks is amazing and Jeff Davis and that whole crowd of people and uh, the Chromie Squiggles and they have... Uh, but they've got, they've got their space. So it's... That's I'm a billion dollar business. So but I'm listen, looking at the other I space. I think, I think... There's room the, in the other the space. The art space, from as far as I'm concerned, is the area that has the greatest... Uh, room for growth out of any sector in the entire NFT space. I 100% so that's I, where I, I was want to try to, to like they have NFT NYC. That's like a cash grab. I mean, I spoke in it. I'm speaking again, but they were like selling, oh, we're sold out. Tickets are 500 bucks. A week later, oh, we have another tranche of tickets available, blah, blah. A week later, same thing, same thing. They had six. Anyone who ever said NFT to their grandmother was, was speaking at NFT. <laughs> I, I read there were 750 speakers. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and they, like, they triple booked. They were so bad. But I, I want to do something like NFT ART. And no one ever writes about the content of the NFTs. Like we had a brief conversation about it. I mean, there is, I know, and I, it's cheaper to buy a one of one by a genius than it is to buy one of 20,000, uh, you know, me bits yeah. by Larva Labs. So I think that once people get a little more comfortable in their own skin, I mean, making their choices. You're hearing it here live on Next With Novo. Kenny and I both think there is room in the space for fine art NFTs, for, a, for, a, for an art blocks, for collectors, for gallerists. But 
a place where the energy shows up together. And so you start. Right. So there's been like one just thing, like, just one like thing I hate is like we I hate people like fine art snobs. Nobody wants to be preached to. Like if I don't know about the history of an old master, you can't like the art world is so hierarchical, so judgmental always pigeonholing you, you looking you up and down. Oh, your sneakers aren't right. You're, you know, you, you're not one of us or you can, that is changed. They're so stupid. And I have been, I, before I got into the art world, I thought everyone was drinking absinthe, hanging from the chandelier and going to orgies. I had, the art world is the most conservative business out of any in the world. And the way that I have to go to discord, these people spent 80 bucks on my crypto mutts. I sold my soul for $80. I was always waiting for an offer and never came. <laughs> but the fact is I love it because they're vested with their hard-earned money and they're interested. They yeah. want to know. So I would love to grow with them. And, and once they own it, they have a vested interest in bringing people into the community. That's the yeah. beauty about these And it's also like the role, the, the artist and the collector, the community, That is, this is a new definition of the human relations in art. And I think that the it's not for artists to like, you know, this isn't, it's art for everybody and you have to address your audience and you have to think about your audience in ways that artists never did not to kowtow or to suck <laughs> up to them but just take them at heart and then you have to speak to them and explain yourself give me, why give me three nft artists that people haven't heard of that you like putting applying some screws to me and uh, <laughs> sarah friend is a brilliant woman She's Canadian. Won't hold that against her. Uh -huh. I don't even know what that means. Okay. She uh, lives in Berlin, <laughs> studied painting, taught herself coding, and she's just awesome. Sarah brilliant. Friend. I'm going to buy Sarah one. Sarah Friend. You could buy one of her NFTs. Uh, she's environmentally conscious, so she hasn't gone on Ethereum, but she's done a bunch of other stuff. And I bought her work from $35 for an NFT to, um, to $7,000. And I think she's fantastic. And uh, there's Raya Myers. I think what's really cool also about this NFT space is there are artists from all spectrums, uh, that that from all walks of life, from all continents, from all identifications. Crypto's global. People always forget. And also, this we're is not the judging about like you know like Fawoshes. No one's judging about what you were before. It's just what you are now and what you want to say, and that's all that matters. So, uh, Raya Myers is a really cool artist. Darren Bader, Kevin Abash is a little more successful and well-known, but you could still get his stuff for like an ETH or something. There's a lot of really, so I'm gonna work on some kind of a conference. I've curated a bunch of shows. I have this um, uh, NFT U hyphen Ukraine, Ukraine uh, to charity event where there are things for well under an ETH. To, and there's all really cool artists. Olive Allen is an artist that I've known for a while who helped me onboard me in the beginning. So I just think also this whole like Discord community thing, there's a lot of people that I have never seen this since the recession in New York in the 90s where people are caring about other people and helping other people to share the information and to, to help each other in a way yeah. I haven't seen for decades. You know, I talk about this all the time because... Crypto can often be seen as, oh, a bunch of guys trying to pull scams. And I was like, no, no, you guys are missing the point. At the core of the crypto community is what you saw with all these donations to the Ukraine, right? What The core of the crypto community is people that want to do good. Yeah. It's Gen Z and millennials who are looking at a different way of living. And of and, course, like this. Well, there's plenty of scams. I've, yeah, but, of course. But that's not but the, the core of the community. But I had my bank account like hacked. Your regular old bank account, <laughs> Credit Suisse, no less. And they just, they go into your emails, they read your language, then they go to like, try to oh, trust effectuate, me, I, yeah. 
I've so I mean, I always say there's a bell's many times. there's a bell's curve of integrity in the world, and it has nothing to do with Ethereum or NFTs. The art world, no one ever calculated the environmental footprint of shipping crates and traveling to an art fair. It's ridiculous. You get these crates there, you throw them in the garbage. I just I have a big exhibition I curated next week in New York, and we're throwing away crates every day now. It's shameful, but there's no way to um, recycle them. And then like, that's it. So, I mean, for me, it's just, it's changed my life. I never gave up. I always held out hope that if I just do what I love, opportunities will, will come and they are coming. Well, Kenny, there's not a better example of, cause I, you know, I got criticized because I'm often, you know, at my own company say, we got to hire younger people. And my CEO grabbed me and she said, you got to shut up about that. You got to hire people that care about this movement. And she was dead right. And you're at least my age. Uh, I'm not going to tell you a little bit older. Uh, and you approach this with the passion of a newborn, and I love it. Uh, it that and makes doing... you live longer. That gives, you know, people that work live. I... Retiring is, I can never see you, like, <laughs> hitting a ball around on a golf course. I'm thinking about NFT in my tattoo. <laughs> I am. NFTism. I love NFTism. On my arm. On his arm. Guys. I, I trademarked that. That's Kenny Shackner. This is next Shack with Novo. Schachter. Schachter. Why did I see Schachter. nerd? That's Schachter. Okay. I don't care. You I'm going to have to redo that. Kenny Schachter. <laughs> you can say whatever you want, bro. I don't care. I'm happy to be sitting the in best, this chair. The best advertisement for NFTs and NFT energy I've seen in a long time. Thanks a lot, Kenny. Thank you so much for having me. It means a lot to me. Awesome. Thank you.